1: Hey guys, real quick before we get started, Chris and I wanted to wish you guys a happy new year and hope you had a great holiday time with your family and all that stuff. But we also wanted to let you know that if you would like to get the episodes early, we are going to be posting them on Mondays over on our Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Even for a buck, you can listen to it two days early. So we just wanted to to let you guys know that so enjoy the show enjoy season four we're back and uh yeah thanks a lot guys hey guys welcome back to another episode of analog talk a film photography podcast i'm your host tim i'm chris and today on the show our special guest is mr Azriel knight hey Azriel.
2: hi Azriel. hi everyone <laughs> thank you for joining us
3: thank you for having me
2: So can you, if you don't mind, for our listeners who may not know who you are, give us a background on yourself and how you get into photography?
3: Uh, I would say getting into photography, it comes on many different levels. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to think that black and white photos were the way the world was. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. I thought that the world went from black and white to color. Mm. And sort of did. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. And then in my early 20s, I went digital, you know, like everyone else growing up, mm-hmm. I used uh, disposable cameras and that kind of stuff. But I started shooting events for a magazine that I did way back in the day. And uh, the main thing that I liked doing was shooting bands and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Right, My first camera was a Fujifilm FinePix S3100, Oof. all of four megapixels, I Yeah, I was going to say,
2: how many megapixels is that guy?
3: <laughs> yeah, XD <laughs> cards, I think those things topped out at two gigs, mm. right? And that's why they never lasted. And, uh, you know, I was the guy that had the flash on during performances where they said not to have the flash <laughs> on, like I was just a train wreck. You know, I put it down for a bit and I eventually... Came back to it in 2007, and like a lot of people, I got a Rebel XSI, and uh, I was like, I'm going to be a photographer.
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I bummed around with that for a couple of years. There was something that was artificial about it. Like, I don't hate on digital. I love digital. There's still things that I think the digital does better and uh i just wanted to learn about photography i felt like a D- dslr was imitating a real camera like a computer almost like a simulation you know a lot of the terminology is carried over you know they could have completely redone it made it uh, made a metric version or whatever <laughs> um but that's not the way it turned out so i felt like uh, a dslr was a computer Imitating a real camera, and actually, the first couple of times that someone offered me a film camera, I kind of, you know, snubbed my nose at it. I was like, ah, mm. I don't know, you know, what am I? I don't know what I'm going to do with that kind of thing. But I ended up picking up a uh, Canon uh, AF 35 ml noisy early 80s early mm-hmm. autofocus like point and shoot camera. Oh yeah, yeah, and they I really are loud. Like, they are not <laughs> a street camera no. whatsoever. <laughs> I ended up just liking the process. So then I had a Pentax K1000 handed down to me from a family member and it just went from there and some somewhere around 2010 I started hitting the dark room and playing around with developing my own film and yeah, I guess From that point, I did dabble in professional work. I was still heavy on digital, shooting a lot of digital in the early, I don't know what you call them, the early tens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I dabbled in wedding photography and event photography and portraits. I did school portraits. I shot 3,500 students in three months. It was absolutely insane. What they do, what those uh, what those companies do to photographers, they just chew them up and spit them out.
2: Could only imagine.
3: Yeah, there's a high turnover rate. You can imagine. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they start out with like, I think got to be 20 people and they put you through a week long training of posing and lighting. And how you are going to work this 220 pounds worth of gear into your tiny little Mm. car?
2: Was that life touch?
3: That's life touch. Yeah, that's what I
2: thought. Yeah,
1: (laughs) life touch. Yeah, <laughs> so I that, see the I see the death in your eyes. Yeah, uh,
2: life <laughs> Are they still you know, around? I haven't heard anything about them in a long time. Well,
3: I haven't looked them up or anything. Yeah. But, uh it's a lot of work, and you have no nothing to show for it because you don't own the photos, right. and they don't give you access to anything. So, man, I knew oh some, no, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, yeah, I knew some other photographers too that just like cell phone their shots, and are like, I don't care.
2: Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh,
3: I'm gonna yeah. get I'm gonna get something out of this. So you know, I I did that, and then I I've also done group classes and private tutoring for digital photography. And then in 20, oh man, I don't know, I want to say 2014 or 2015, I started my first YouTube channel, which was called Mysterious Developments.
2: Ooh, that's a good name.
3: Thank you. It's about <laughs> uh, abandoned film. So, you know, you go to the thrift shop and you find a random role on the camera and you're like, hey, there might be images on it. And you find something that looks really important, White, right? Wedding photos, somebody's yeah. baby photos, yeah. that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, you can imagine that most people just thought that, oh, you know, the camera probably doesn't work or, you know, I don't know how to get this film out of here. Um, but sometimes the film's really old. I've developed a film as old as 80 years Wow. And gotten what? a negative. Yeah, pretty insane stuff. So this is what I did before I did the channel that you guys know me from now. Mm. Um, but the, the problem with that is that it takes so much time and effort. Um, and you, you develop so many roles before you find anything that's historically important. That was my catchphrase. Given time, all photos are historically important. Um, I considered it. Thank you. I considered the archaeology of photography. We're talking about the first 200 years of photography, right? Like it's like the first 102 years of pottery a a thousand years from now, right? Nobody's going to care what the photos are like. They're all going to be important because it's the beginning. So I'm thinking these things are just getting thrown away, and um, I developed at one point two 30-year-old roles of Trix, and I came across these amazing band photos of these cool. guys from late 70s and typical rock hair band, and I pulled together a video, and I pulled together enough clues where somebody's like, "I know these guys."
1: Oh, no kidding! And in
3: 12 <laughs> hours. I was friends with them on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> These guys that are like grandpas now and yeah. living yeah. out in Barbados or some shit. And
2: oh, That must have been such like, a blast for them to see those images.
3: Yeah. Nobody had ever seen the photos before because wow. they were still in the canister. So I'm like, people need to be aware of this. So I put out a press release and I had like nothing happened for five or six months. And then this random easy and called New Jersey stage said, hey, I'd like to... You know, do a bit on these photos because that's where these that's where these guys were from was New Jersey, and uh, you know they did you know an interview with me and published the photos, and then nothing happened again for a little while. <laughs> and it was when they randomly retweeted it, a local newspaper said, "Hey, we'd like to do a story on you," and wow. then so and then cool. a day a day later, a radio station said, "We'd like to do a news story on you," and then a couple of days later local news said, we'd like to do a a story on you. And then another week later, they said, we'd like to do a a story on you. And then my grandmother got a, called me and said, I saw you on the national news.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. And then another, another company said uh, I think they're called Alberta Primetime they said we'd like to do a mini documentary on you it was just like a couple minute thing and uh if you look it up on YouTube you could probably find it just yeah. as real night Alberta Primetime and uh so that all happened in a very short time and uh it was all very overwhelming and I thought well I should probably continue this YouTube thing so I continued Mysterious developments with that for a while after and You know, it was, it kind of was, it was a lot of fun. It uh, taught me a lot about editing, you know, being able to learn more about developing film and how to handle old film Yeah, um, yeah. because it's so tightly curled. Uh, By the way, if you do handle old film, the best way to do that is to unravel it all in your hands so the tightest part ends up on the outside. So unravel it all first. And then that way the tightest part will start on the outside. And then by the time it gets back to the middle, it'll be in the middle, which is its natural form. So, you know, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, not so much on the developing technique. You're best off just developing it like the instructions say, because you have no idea how it was handled. Probably wasn't refrigerated. Sometimes right. it was left in the camera, sometimes not. But um, I also came across some developed negatives, about 3,000 stills from post-World War Two
2: what Uh, yeah war-torn
3: germany um i got him on horseback with the uh golden gate bridge in the background yeah wow Um, just like uh you know Hitler's bunker, like a bunch of just stuff that you can't see anymore. And I never found out who he was, but I knew that he was with the first infantry and he was posted in Germany after the war. So, and possibly like up to 52. And then he has a bunch of family photos from then on in the early fifties where he seemed to move on in a trailer park in, in the San Francisco Bay area and it's just like photos of him feeding a bear an orange, like all Whoa, these like what? random things. Like, yeah, like all these random photos, um, good photos, like a lot of really badly taken photos, um, like nitrate films. So I've got to be really careful with the yeah. stuff because yeah. that, that stuff just goes up and it produces its own oxygen from what I hear or something yeah, along careful. those lines. So it, it just can't be put out. Yeah, it, uh, the, the unfortunate thing is, is that the return on in investment on a project like that amounted to about 350 subscribers right mm. and i thought i should do something that's going to attract more people and then maybe i'll I'll funnel it down to the channel which is not what ended up happening obviously because not a lot of people know about it um but i thought i'll do this old camera which is a play on this old house
1: yeah
3: and i'm like okay so the one thing that drives me insane about youtube videos is people just plop the camera down and they go <laughs> to town with no no plan in mind so i'm going to make sure that i've got a plan i'm going to find out what everybody wants from a camera review and then i'm going to segment that out and and try and make make it flow right a little bit of vlog a little bit of history a little bit of how to like a sampler platter of everything about this camera and everything connected to it so i went to our analog and i just asked i said like what is everything you you, everything that you want to see in a analog camera review and they told me like we want to see inside the viewfinder you know we want clear bright images of the camera when it's being shown you know the commercial thing was my idea (laughs) you know putting the commercials at the beginning i think that really sets the tone of like Like, how was this pushed on to the people, you know, schlepped to the people back in the day? Like, how was it sold to them is a really interesting aspect of it. And who tried to sell it to them and where it showed up in pop culture, what movies and that sort of thing. So, you know, I took everything from our analog and I just bunched it together. I I wrote it all uh, down on a document and then I sorted it on what made the most sense to show first. And it just that's how that how it became this old camera. Love that. And then from there, I uh, I did thirty days of night, which was thirty different camera lens combinations uh, in thirty days, and I vlogged that every single day, and that was a lot of fun. And people keep asking when I'm going to do that next, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, I love that series. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one too. You know, if I I could do a Kickstarter on that, yeah. I would. Right. I'd be more likely, but yeah. uh, you know, that's that is a
1: lot of yeah. hours of that's, just
3: shooting and developing and editing your video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and trying to stay like, like what day is this? Cause like you're two days ahead of whatever's <laughs> oh, being right, put yeah. out. <laughs> so you really lose track of time. Um, and you know, if anybody wants to do it easy, just have no life. That's yeah. the, best
2: yeah. to, <laughs> just the best
3: way to contribute eight to 16 hours a day for 30 days straight.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: but um i loved it it was great and you know the people that watch the channel know that i put a lot of cheesy 80s stuff in because i think that they should be entertained in some way i like adding music to it even if it doesn't necessarily fit my tone i think uh you know I, i'm pretty on the level with my voice i'm not you know i don't have a lot of, i don't have a, a lot of highs and lows um so I try and make up for that with music and, you know, i branched out to a bunch of other things like lately TOC extra, which is this old camera extra, which I use as a catch all to do anything from talk about DX coding mm-hmm. uh, to Kodak being douchebags again with their <laughs> Kodak it thing, <laughs> yeah. um, which by the way, is shutting down in January, I think. Wait, what? Kodak wow. it is is shutting down. I don't know if it's uh, someone told me they got an email and they showed me the email Kodak hit. You, are you aware of Kodak? Uh-uh. Okay. Oh, it's this uh, Uber for photographers, where it connects businesses with photographers. But it's basically you give up as much as you would with LifeTouch. Oh, I see. So you're left with nothing. You can't even say the photo's yours if you see it in public. Like Jeez. nothing. Oh my goodness! It was it was such bogus. Um, and that all that bad press came out a few months ago and then yeah one of the users just got an email a couple days ago and it said we'll be shutting down productions starting in January they said they'll be winding down productions I'm like oh yeah I bet it's winding down (laughs) from one to zero so (laughs) TOC extra you know reporting news here and there and uh, you know DX coding and the like Um, and then most recently a podcast you know not to steal any of your thunder (laughs) but thought that it would be interesting to gain some perspective because I feel like it's really easy to live as an island as a YouTuber and not Mm. connect with other photographers. I think it's been incredibly valuable to me. I don't get nearly as many views for the podcasts but the value to me is too much to pass it up. So if it, doesn't, if it doesn't catch on, you know, I mean, I'll continue to do it when I can find the people that will do it. Uh, I had Ben Horn agree to do it. I thought mm-hmm. that was fantastic.
2: Ben's the yeah, best. Was, he's, a,
3: he's
1: such a
2: great guy. Yeah.
3: So surprised, so inspired by that by that guy. The fact that he only shoots a few months out of the year, it was like, oh man, I feel so pressured right? to shoot all the time. And now <laughs> I don't. He yeah. took that away from me. And for that, I owe like so much. <laughs> Right. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, you know, there's such a thing as a creative break, and that's okay.
2: Yeah. You don't and, have to kill uh, yourself. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, like, that alone just made everything so far worth it. And then, film for Ania, I'm going to be interviewing David Bias. Um, oh, nice. Film Frania soon, you know that'll probably be the next interview that's Great. coming up probably in the next couple of weeks, and that'll be interesting to see because they just you know removed Alpha from their P30 film,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and um, I have some on the way. It'll be interesting to to see how that goes once my creative break is over. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the meantime, I've been just learning from other photographers and just spending my time like autobiographies on photographers like Lindsay Dario and. Uh, Richard Avedon and Gianni Bozacki. Those are the ones that come to mind uh, so far. I did pick up Jeff Bridges' mm-hmm. um, book <laughs> Isn't um, it so in good? the last month. It's fantastic. It's so I like good. the Iron Man shot, the Tron shot. That's great magnum contact sheets is something that i sip on every so often right i'll pick it up just one or two they're so intense so it just like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just a couple at a time it's something that you pick up and you have for like years i would say at least i mean some people could probably just devour it but i can't binge watch contact sheets that's that's too much for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) right um you know uh, the uh, biography of edwin land was another good one
2: Oh, yeah. He's Polaroid.
3: Yeah, Polaroid. Um, That's why they're called Land Cameras. I didn't actually know that. That's his name. I know. Isn't
2: that crazy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So I did two books on him, uh, Instant, The Story of Polaroid, and A Triumph of Genius. So a lot of these are audio books. Instant wasn't, but uh, Triumph was. And it came in at twenty four hours long, so wow. it was a really really long book. I think it's like six seven hundred pages uh, in book form, and uh, a lot of a lot of it, that is about the legal battle between Polaroid and Kodak over mm-hmm. Kodak's infringement on the instant film and camera.
1: Oh yeah, oh, um, yeah. I have one of those sitting in my closet. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the Kodak instance. hard hard to respect Kodak after yeah. their debacle. Like they ended up with a court order with like twelve hours or something ridiculous to remove. The Jeez. cameras from the stores, because they just kept thinking, oh, they'll, we'll be able to overturn it. Things will be fine. We're Kodak. Yeah. And it's a true David and Goliath battle. And I think that, you know, if you got a lot of time on the bike and your morning exercise, <laughs> um, I think you should, you know, take a month and uh, listen to a Triumph of Genius <laughs> this not brought to you by audible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's such a crazy story. Yeah. I've I've often uh cuz you know, you go to thrift stores or antique shops mm-hmm. and you just see them sitting there and it's like, "Oh, it's a Kodak film. It's a, and it takes Polaroid?" Oh yeah. no, it doesn't no, take <laughs> Polaroids. They you really can't get this nope. stuff. So
3: No. People were mad because, you know, they had cameras where the film was just being ripped off the shelves. And uh, Kodak said that they'll trade the cameras in for stock. So people were going and buying these cameras in huge amounts for like next to nothing and then trading it, trying to trade them in for Kodak stock. It was an absolute disaster Mm, all around. So
2: Yikes. (laughs) Mm hmm.
1: Well, just before we go on further, I want to say that being a, a product of the 80s, like, you know, I was born in 1980 and oh, yeah, grew up same through here. that era. And just, uh, you know, it drugged me to your channel. Like, I just, you know, you get caught in these, like, YouTube vortexes where you end up binge watching, like, everyone's yeah. entire catalog of work. <laughs> and it was just, you know, in the last couple of years, I, I definitely always catch myself just grooving to the tunes. of Yeah. <laughs>
3: I, I hear some definite uh, similarities in the intro to analog talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, we're all, we're all 80s kids. I'm usually like grooving to the beginning of analog yeah. talk as well. So, um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, being binge watched is probably one of the strangest parts about um, right. being on YouTube because people will just reference random parts of a video I made three years ago and they'll be like, can you time this? Timestamp that for me, yeah. Because uh, I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's just the whole YouTube world is so so. I mean, I love it because it gives us an area to express ourselves, and I I look at video as like another form of art too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I. Did a lot of YouTube stuff, and I'm I'm starting at the new year to, to kind of like revamp and figure out what I want to do with my channel. So I've been I, hearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a, a little platform that I have people that just ask me all the time, like, when is the next video coming out? Including you know, and, me. Well, Yeah. (laughs) And and it's just like, it's, it's coming. I, I just want to, you know, kind of, I needed a creative break, like you said. And I absolutely just, you you get burned out, especially when, you know, we have a job here, as in like a film photography podcast. It's a, it's a job, you know, Mm. and, And we, as much as inspiring as it is all the time to be talking about this, like there is some like weighted burnout that like, I don't want to acknowledge because I, you know, like I love this stuff so much, but it's so easy to just be like, I need a break. Yeah. I need a break.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think the problem with me is about once a year I get burnout and I think it's something else and it's not, it just, I just need a Mm, break.
2: That's true. And it seems to be
3: at about the same time. And now for 2020, I'm ready for it. I'll know when it's going to come up and I'll probably just uh, make plans for it ahead of time. There you go. Like overproduce when it's uh, working for me and then, uh, you know, kick back when I'm when I just need to put a fork in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's sure. important to do that because you don't want to resent something that you love. Like that always just like breaks my heart to think that like that's what happened to my YouTube channel. Like I just got mad at it. You know, I was like, oh, I've got mad.
3: Sure. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. I've got mad at my YouTube yeah. channel for sure. And uh, film is a love hate relationship. Like sure. when you do yeah. everything right and something still goes wrong, it is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. Right. It's like. I am going to try digital for a while. And that's what I did. I was like, l- the last time I was like, I just need a break from film. So I just like put everything in a room and close the door. And I was like, I'm going to get a mirrorless camera. And I got a mirrorless What'd camera. I got a uh, Fujifilm yeah. XE2S.
2: I'm, I'm dying to get a Fuji.
3: Yeah. it's it. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic camera. I love all the features and everything. But I quickly discovered that the format was not the problem. I mm. was the problem. Mm. <laughs> and part of the pressure And part, lack of planning. I'm not a guy that can just go out and just shoot, like shoot, shoot, shoot for the sake of shooting. Right. And uh, as much as I don't like constantly testing new cameras, because I'm less likely to take risks with a camera I've never shot before, it does give me something to do. So that's one major thing that I've learned from this creative break is that, yeah, test those cameras, man, because it just, it was just keep those uh, muscles sharp. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's very true. Yeah, so I've got this, uh, you know, dropped a grand on this mirrorless camera system and a couple of <laughs> adapters, and I uh, haven't touched it in two months. Oh, no. So, yeah, wife's not happy about that one. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> very, Oops. very forgiving, luckily. <laughs> so, I'm like looking at it right now, I'm like, I wonder if I can trade it in for a Leica. Oh, yeah. So, right? Let's just sell out completely and yeah. get a Leica. Yes, yes. <laughs> and don't, yeah, so don't get me wrong. I might, I, I do want to try it someday if I do have the access to those, those bigger cameras i think people that watch me know that i do a lot of smaller cameras and i think those cameras are important a lot of them historically too because they were more at the consumer level and therefore yeah. more part of our history um but i also see a lot of cameras that are interesting especially again i don't know if you're going to do my interview first or that jeff bridges interview first but uh <laughs> the wide lux oh man i know i'm like looking at it and i'm like hmm there's one that's in you know decent shape going up in a price range that it looks up, looks to me about the size of a mirrorless camera right now
2: yeah <laughs> i was drooling over it the night before we we got to chat with him and i was like you know i they're 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 getting kind of expensive but you mm-hmm. know they're such a like i don't know like a uh, it's, it's like a niche it's camera. like a niche camera yeah. so i was kind of like when would i ever really use this mm-hmm. i haven't been on set to where i could justify like i'm gonna try some jeff bridges shots yeah um, it's
3: like a tiny x-pan in yeah a way, exactly because it's just so wide but it doesn't obviously sh- doesn't shoot like an x-pan no no um but yeah fascinating shots from that book
1: yeah, he Yeah, he he killed it on that. And it, and it, it's just funny cuz we were talking about it. This will be after the Jeff Bridges. Yeah. So we're we're okay talking about <laughs> it. Oh, perfect. But um it, it, he was just saying, like it's a, it's amazing how photography is for different people, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that we I I always see doing these shows because it's you know you got Ben Horn he shoots twice a year you got you know mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Bridges he only shoots pretty much on set with this, and like with he's the one not,
2: camera the wide looks with the one camera mm-hmm.
1: he's not like a camera junkie he yeah. you know likes his thirty two hundred speed film and that's just it and it's like. It was funny because we're used to people being like, "Oh, I need a Leica. I need a this. I love mm-hmm. this camera. But my favorite film stock is this. Yeah. But oh man, I really love this film stock too." And it's a you know, we're so used to like the the insanity yeah, of yeah. you know gear, gear, uh what is it, gear acquisition syndrome yes, or whatever. Yes. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's just funny to talk to people. Same with like people that are always saying. You know, we do the two questions at the end of every show like Desert Island camera and one camera that you've been like lusting after. And when they're just like, yeah, I really haven't been, you know, there's nothing that I really want. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Like, I don't... Oh, you're going to hate nope. me
3: at the end of this then.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have everything I need. <laughs> but, um... Well, I
3: wouldn't say that.
1: But no, what you were saying, I just, I, I, it popped in my head. You were saying about, like, the camera reviews and the stuff mm-hmm. that you talk about. Like, those are cameras that are obtainable. Like, you that you can find right. at For sure. like, Goodwills or thrift stores. I think it's important that not every camera review is a Mamiya 6 or a like a M whatever. And, you know, because, like, yeah, it's great and it's fun to, like, lust and desire a camera like that. But I'm glad that there's, you know, Pentax K1000 reviews out there. Yeah, and,
3: yeah. very know. rarely do I ever spend more than $20 for a camera. Um, so anything that you've seen is has, hasn't been bought on eBay. It's been found at garage sales or thrift stores oh, nice. or estate sales or anything like that. So... Um, and that's partially by design and partially because I'm broke. So right, you
1: know. yeah, it's it's not cheap being in this in this world. No, yeah, no, not. I mean yeah.
3: films, uh, no, for sure. And films save it up for film and experiences, right? Yes. Exactly. So and uh, you know I've handled a lot of cameras that haven't worked perfectly as well. So you know there's always workarounds with that if you don't care about the optics of your camera if you don't care how it looks mm-hmm. um you know just throw some tape on the back worried right about light leaks just tape that bugger right up and you'll be good yeah. to go yeah. um even if you're not sure and if you watch 30 days a night then you probably you saw me do that almost every time i'm like i'm not taking any chances i'm like i'm on day 18 now this <laughs> yeah. isn't gonna be the day to work for it, you know i get nothing
1: but leaks so man or you can turn and use those things to your advantage you know there's there's ben parks he's a he's a great example of like oh yeah having a broken i think he has like a broken household blot or something like that that it works for him but if like somebody else had it they'd be like i can't use You're this right. you know and it's True. just he kind of uses it to his advantage like the the inconsistencies and, and brokenness of it which is kind of cool
3: Oh yeah, during the run of my show I had this Olympus OM-2N and uh, I desperately tried to get it to work over and over again and eventually I just ended up shooting it on bulb mode at night because I knew it had light, <laughs> <it> light <laughs> leaks as well just to do an episode on it and I've got a bunch of clips I threw together of that somewhere in my uh, video feed of that whole debacle. Sometimes I feel like I'm um, the Tim... Tim Taylor of uh There YouTube. you go.
2: There you go. <laughs>
3: With uh, Al Borland's beard and <laughs> <have> the perfect <laughs> like combination. The yeah, <laughs> so I'm like um, a hybrid.
2: <laughs> Azrael, I wanted to ask you about your dark room too. I love your uh, little your dark room. Is that somewhere in your place or at like the basement?
3: Yeah. So okay. So funny thing about the dark room. This is the first that people are probably going to hear about this is that uh i tore it down so are you talking about my old dark room or the more recent
1: because i know you had a series on the old dark room and yeah you you, i know you built one didn't you build one like upstairs or something then too like a newer one that's not down in the basement
3: no so what happened was is that uh, two years ago i moved into a new place and that was because we we had we had leaks like water coming through like an electrical fixer in a spare room and then eventually making it down to the dark room that i was building so and i had a whole exclusive series on patreon and it was a very very not good thing to (laughs) have so when i moved into the new place i i was frustrated enough where i'm like okay well i'm not going to be looking for a new place to rent um, with my wife, with a dark room in mind, because you know we just went through that whole investment um, down the drain. Right. So you know, literally, right? So you know, I scrapped. I got managed to get most of the wood from that and you know i still used it up until uh, a couple of days ago actually and uh you know so when i moved into the new place i'm like "Oh, i'll try under the stairs and that didn't work and i kind of literally hopped around with different ideas and the most recent one that i did a few months ago uh i tore that down completely a few months (laughs) or like two months ago and now i've been rebuilding it so what i actually did this time is i built a proper level countertop I have it at three feet. I built it out of two by fours and plywood and I have it wow. covered in plastic wrap and it covers 12 feet across the room, just one big uh, countertop. And then I built a, uh, a dr- like I sawed a section of an already <laughs> broken door cause there's two ways into the room um, and put my exhaust in there. And I added a light trap and all that kind of stuff. So my problem has been that I've been filming it in the past and therefore, I've been pressured uh, into half assing it and just getting it done mm-hmm. for the sake right. of the video. Right. So, this time it's all off camera and I'm taking it. And because I'm not shooting already, I got all the time in the world during this creative break to work on this that's, aspect that's of good. it. Help that's me good. prepare for yeah. it. Yeah. Right. So, that's what I've been doing. And, you know, when I've got the time uh, and energy, because I've been all hand sawing everything, yeah, it's been great. It looks wonderful way better. Um somebody once said to me, Man, I love your videos. It's just like you don't give a shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I I thought, I do. Yeah, I, I do give so such much. A big shit, and like- <laughs> if it looks like I don't give a shit, then I'm doing something I'm being lazy. I'm doing it wrong. And I don't want to poo-poo on any of my old videos because they're still entertaining. And I think mm-hmm. that's my primary objective over learning from me. I would mm-hmm. say like 70% be entertained, 30% learn something from me. Um, always verify facts, especially from YouTubers. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I want to, I want people to get both at the same time. So yeah, I'm like, I got to get this done right because the printing is my favorite part. Right, Like shooting's great. Holding the camera's fun. Like the whole tactile feel of loading a film camera and advancing that winder. And, you know, um, it's, uh, it's ASMR, man.
2: The one's the the big reveal. Do you have a like a deadline?
3: Oh, I didn't even plan on announcing it today. So I have Oops. no idea. Like, oh, that's no, fine. Definitely keep it in okay. for sure. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, I just, uh, just want to make sure that it's done right so like timothy's idea which he's not telling us by the way um (laughs) you know it'll it'll be done when it's done and in the meantime people can look forward to the the content that i've been putting out for the last few months like interviews with uh, people in the industry and uh toc extra episodes on random stuff like 60s photographers predictions of the 70s yeah man i got one coming up that is I don't know when I'm going to put it out, but it's a, it's another one on commercials. I don't know if you saw my Weird Commercials one. Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, that one got picked up by a DP Review and about 30,000 views, which is very uncommon for a wow. small channel like mine. Um, I'm going to be doing another one similar to that coming up pretty soon, and then I'll also be doing my uh, yearly books. So I'm going to tell everybody what I read. And I mean, some of them you've already heard today, what I've read, what I've heard, what I've seen, what I looked at really hard, like Jeff Bridges books and uh, Greg Gerard, Hunter Vancouver is another good one.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It's I I totally get that, you know, of just not because when you're doing things for the, the channel, like it just really. Because what if it doesn't work out and you spend, you know, you spend a month on a project and it doesn't work out and you have all this footage and you've made all these promises and you've done all this stuff and then it's just like shit. And then you get a guy that's like, yo, you don't give a shit. That's awesome. (laughs) Wait, no, man. Like, no, 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 no. no. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So, I mean, there's always the risk of that. But I think uh, the the thing about YouTube, too, is that it's all a learning process. Like, when I was first learning about it, before I even made my first episode, it was a matter of realizing that everybody's first video is shit and everybody Mm -hmm. is going to sound unnatural at first, um, but not after 100 videos.
1: Yeah, it takes a minute. It takes a minute to to get in your groove and to find your voice and who you are
3: and all that. I
2: try to not worry too much anymore and just kind of be my silly self, so.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, I would say that I'm basically me with the opacity filter on. There Because I can be be a little (laughs) little over the top sometimes, and and, and not only is that just not good for audio. Right. um, But, uh, (laughs) you know, know, no matter what, you're going to look back and cringe. So, you know, try and keep it, keep it so people aren't just going oh man just show me show me the camera enough with the enough with the jokes
1: so i I try and keep
3: it to a minimum and sometimes i'll make a joke and i'll just i'll cut it right out or you know i might show it to my patrons or something like that (laughs) but for the most part i'll deliver it flat so people will either get it or it'll just go right over their heads, and that's
1: fine go. too. <laughs> cool. I'm just glad that I'm glad that you're like finally picking up some traction for your stuff. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I've been watching you from like the thousand subscriber area, oh, wow. like you were, and it really took off. And I'm I'm really because I mean the the work you put into this is I I think people forget about that too. That you know, it's not like you click one button and everything's done and put together. Like you're shooting, you're producing this, especially those uh, like this old camera. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's, Thank I you. mean, the c- commercials and the time and the, I mean, it's just well thought out.
3: Yeah, my APS video took a year, uh, like a lot of procrastinating in that time, too. And it sure. wasn't a year of work, right? But it was a year yeah. of like, I don't have the magazines I need. I don't have the media material I need. I know there's more here. And then it was like, holy shit, there's way too much information here. How do I use this all? Like with the yeah. APS, <laughs> APS review. I probably only use like thirty percent of the commercials. There were so oh, many commercials wow. on, on on APS film. So much to find. Uh, so many interesting articles. Yeah, it, it does take a lot of work, but I think that's the point. It's like a, I want the videos to be a slow burn, and people still comment on some of my first five, ten videos, and I think that makes it worth it. You know, if you just yeah, for sure. If you, again, if you just throw down and hit record, um, you're gonna. That's the kind of a uh, legacy that I think you're going to leave behind. Um, so I think you owe it to yourself to just save everybody a bunch of time, you know, yeah. and just like pause if you need, if you're not sure, instead of saying, I'm not sure I should check that while you're recording.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> pause yeah, yeah.
3: it, yeah. read the manual yeah. and then continue. So that's what, that's what I, uh, that's where a lot of my uh, motivation comes from is I want something to be rewatchable mm. and, um, I'm definitely not the most popular out there. There's a lot of guys out there that uh, that just they're just killing it right now. But uh, I like Ben Horn's approach, where it's just like I'm here in my corner and I'm doing my own thing and I have my own niche. Yep. And I'm just slowly building my my following, the people that are looking for that type of content, that, right. uh, something with a bit more of a rich flavor to it. And uh, a little tongue in cheek sometimes. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's he's got it he's got a good one. A good one going on. I love I always look forward to his trips every year. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I just watched Zion this morning.
1: Yeah, same, same this morning. Yeah. I, I think your stuff's gonna age very, very well. And I'm glad it's up there and I'm glad you took the time to, you know, put all this stuff together for the for all of us film
2: nerds. Same. Out there.
3: Oh, thanks very much. I <laughs> appreciate that. Definitely.
2: Azrael, do you do any like um prints or like zines or any like projects like that aside from the channel
3: no i had an etsy page for a while and i just found that i was not getting the traction with it that i had hoped for and yeah the um, etsy
2: pages are tricky they are. I had prints up for a while, and maybe sold like one or two, which is mm-hmm. fine.
3: So my concern is that I'll end up with just stacks and stacks of prints that I don't know what to do with, that mm-hmm. I'll have to find archives for, mm-hmm. and all that. So I'm I'm starting to be more choosy about what I'm going to print. At the same time, I want to start printing more, so that might be contradicting myself. Yeah, put that but, dark uh, room to use, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as it's all uh, done, I'll be ready, (laughs) rip her on ready to go. Mm. I'll probably throw some old negatives on to test her out first before I shoot anything new, but uh, yeah. So printing, I love printing. Like I said, it's my favorite part, but I want to make sure that all the other ducks are in a row before that negative, uh, you know, gets exposed to paper. And uh, maybe I'm a lot more methodical than most, but that's just the approach that uh, I think that I need to take. And zines are something that I definitely want to try I think I would like to do like just a year like one for yeah. each year and mm-hmm. maybe like 12 photos that I like or something like that even if they're not necessarily the same month or however works out
2: it's a great idea
3: yeah I've got a background in printing so I know how to if I want if I had the equipment I could probably do it myself you know saddle stitch it uh surlocks it
2: make it really nice yeah do.
3: And I'm sure I could figure out some way to do an 80s version of it. Just make the whole thing holograms. <laughs> there, perhaps, you there you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows?
1: What's the lady with the, the the crazy like horse unicorn stickers and stuff? Lisa oh, Frank. Oh, yeah. Lisa Frank. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
1: could add some crazy holographic Lisa Frank art. That's all there. you need, really. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we'll be right back with a listener question for Azrael right after this message from our sponsor.
2: Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to polaroidoriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. All right, guys. This is the part of the show. We take a question from one of our listeners. This week's question comes from TUS PhotoWorks, and he asks, Are your darkroom-slash-film tests coming back to YouTube? Also, Vaporwave or Outrun?
3: (laughs) Uh, Vaporwave. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I would say my film tests are coming back in one to four months. Uh, that's unofficial. I'm going to just, you know, say unofficially, that's probably one one to four months to give myself enough time. I would like to be shooting by the new year. I would like to get some winter shots this year. The cold is something that I avoid, even though I am Canadian, yeah. Um, and uh, I lost a bunch of weight this year, too. So it doesn't help. It's all like, it's like, where'd my coat go? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where'd my yeah. fat coat yeah. go? Yeah. So,
2: well, congrats on that.
3: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you're that. you're
2: kind of chilly now.
3: Yeah, no, there's, you know, ups and downs, mm-hmm. right?
1: I love, I love stuff like that. I love the nerdy aspect of film photography. So, like, when you do like a 12 shot roll of like a film test, and, you know, I, I think it was, it, it yeah, it was you. You would, you would like, i i loved in your older videos or maybe other newer videos i don't even remember but i think it was the older stuff you would shoot like 12 frames on a roll and instead of like shooting you know the other 12 frames on your cat or dog or girlfriend or something you would just be like i'm just developing it you know like <laughs> yes. why waste? yeah absolutely yeah. And i i started doing that now too and yeah. i wanted to thank you for that because oh. i can only have so many pictures of my cat yeah. <laughs> i've actually to yeah because
3: it's like you know what's happening now it's like you know a decades gone by and you're like flipping through photos, looking for something for the dark room and you're like, that's a test roll. That's a test roll. These two strips are just like useless garbage. Mm. Right. So like, yeah, keep your camera out until you're done for the end of the day. But then when you get home, just, just wind it up or, or if it's like half a roll, just cut it off, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, cut it off and use the rest. And uh, if you use something like those Canon EOS rebels where they pull the whole roll out first, well then you'll know how many shots you got. Yeah. Right from oh, a half yeah. roll. So. That's good
2: advice. Cause I let stuff sit for way too long just mm-hmm. cause I'm like, I don't want to waste it. And, but like, you're not, you know, if you're waiting to see something, it's like, it'll just sit there.
3: Yeah. 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 People have told me to, uh, to bulk load, mm. but, uh, you know, I don't want to introduce more dust into the situation and dust is always a problem for me, especially doing everything that I do in the basement. Right. Um, so I'd rather not just introduce the, uh, another problem. I'd rather just cut it off and, start over if I need to.
1: No, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'll let roll sit. I mean, if it's something special, like I have one of the alpha rolls of the P30 still, I think I got about eight or nine shots left on that. I'm not going to just, yeah. you know, dump that. That's a little that different. Up, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Alpha yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, Kodachrome, I mean, not Kodachrome, mm-hmm. but <laughs>
1: anything
3: in, in that caliber, <laughs> right. like expired film for sure. Like use up every frame that you can load it in the dark. If you really want to get super up into the 38, 39 frame range kind of thing.
1: I love pulling that the first frame and like the last frames always just like melted. I just I, I'm a big fan of those. <laughs> Isn't there like an Instagram that's like first frames or something? Oh yeah, like there that? is. I, yeah, first of the roll. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, account. I love that. I love that Instagram. So, Man, so yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's 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 Get, do the tough We'll give you the hard the questions. Tough ones. <laughs> Maybe not. He did he did say earlier that, you know. All right, here we go. So <laughs> the the first part of the two-part question is uh what's your what's your desert island you can only choose one camera going to be
3: uh nikon fe FE. yeah that's what i'm shooting with right now not because of its features or anything like that but because my issue in the past has been that i've had too many cameras and, you know, one of the, you know, I, about that. yeah, I lot. read a lot. Yeah, exactly. So I, I read a lot. And one of the things I read this year was a book on minimalism. And oh, while yeah. I didn't completely buy into it, I bought into it enough to start selling off uh, the majority of my cameras. Yeah. And uh, it's like, at some point, you just got to like, you just got to decide, you just got to say, okay, this is the camera I'm going to shoot with, not because it's the best camera, but because the best camera will be the one that I shoot with the most, because it mm. will be, it will be an extension um, rather yeah. And not just a tool. You want to get to the point where you're not even thinking about it. Like when you're driving and you, you know, hopefully not often kind of drift off and you're thinking about something and then you come back and you're like, holy, I was just driving for 10 seconds automatic yep, on yep, auto yep, mode. Yep, right. Yep. <laughs> so you want to get to that point, but in a good way with mm-hmm. a camera. <laughs>
2: Yeah, not safe, where you're safe and not going to hurt yourself or anybody I think people people
3: out there know what I mean, you (laughs) know, not distracted driving, but when everything was just automatic, Mm -hmm. you know, like anything else, like martial arts or walking or...
1: That's such a good... I want to really start focusing and stressing on that in the next year, just because, I mean, I have, I mean, just sitting in front of me, I'm looking at my little camera shelf and I'm like, I've got issues. And (laughs) it makes it so hard to go do anything when you're just like, well, I need this camera for that. Uh, that camera for this 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 and it's like no man i always make the best shots when i just like run out of the house with like one camera yeah. around my neck
3: it's yeah it's funny you mentioned that because you helped get me there i was listening to this podcast oh, nice, nice. and you said all i did for a while was shoot trix at 1600
2: mm-hmm.
3: and i was like that is awesome i'm gonna do that and that's <laughs> you know before the creative break that's all i shot was the nikon fe with a 50 millimeter and Tri-Axis 1600 with a yellow, orange or red filter, depending mm. on, you know, what I wanted to, you know, play around with. So I got to thank you for that. So See, it's funny you that you're having the problem because you're the one who inspired me to, to <laughs> oh. like say, okay, well, you got to just double down on this camera for now.
2: Go through through phases where like I'll be really into one camera. So that's why I haven't really let anything go because sometimes I'll, I'll be like, you know, two or three months with like just my Canon NE or a, or, uh, you know, or my contacts, you know, like I, I always mm-hmm. will kind of gravitate for one for a certain amount of time, which I is better than, you know, grabbing three or four at once. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, I should preface and say that. You know, um, you know, I do buy and sell cameras, so I do ha- have a large surplus of available cameras. Should I want to try something else, but as far as personal collection goes, the ones that I intend to keep, that's just down to you know the ones that have a personal story, even yeah, to me by yeah. a family member, mm-hmm. or you know, one that I rebought that I lost, or. Sold like an idiot.
2: Yep, been there too. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it is important though to, especially with film, you know, that you kind of test the waters and then find out what you really mm-hmm. like and just stick with it. Because I mean, still to this day, you know, I always have at least my my one my best is always loaded with sixteen hundred tri-x and I never have to think about what i'm shooting when i I know the light by the back of like it's just there Mm -hmm. you know i know it in my mind it's like
3: you want to remove the steps you want to remove as many steps as as possible between you and getting your photo and uh, a book called atomic habits that's what it taught me you want to add steps to all the things that give you the bad habits and you want to take Mm. away all the steps that bring you towards the good ones so make sure it's one camera, one lens, one film. If you're spending an hour trying to figure out what right, camera exactly. and yeah. you're not out the door shooting.
2: I'm loving all these book references you're throwing in here, by the way, I will say that. <laughs>
3: oh, about, thank like, you. Yeah. All
2: these I'm like, I'm going to write all <laughs> these down. <laughs>
3: yeah. Historically I'm not well read, but it's something I decided in the last few years that I need to pick up on. So I, I think I, I finished like 24 audiobooks last year wow. or this wow. year. Sorry. That's awesome. That's
2: great.
1: Well, yeah. Part two. Yep. The old, the old trusty white whale. Is there anything that you're, you've got your eye on that you've always (laughs) wanted to, you know, add to the collection?
3: Ah, well, I mean that, (laughs) like all of your other guests, that answer is uh, changing constantly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say if you give me a moment, I can pull up my. Uh, eBay watch list, so yeah. I can tell you what you I'm go. looking at.
2: <laughs> it's not a wide lux, though, for sure. It might have a been a wide lux, lux is
3: definitely on that yeah. list. So I'll be as quick as possible so you don't have to cut all this. There we go. Okay, it's up. So on my watch list right now, I've got a wide lux and nice. a double stroke, uh, like a M3, mm. oh, um, yes. a golden Polaroid SX70.
2: Yes, golden.
3: Yeah, golden wow. Polaroid SX70. Yeah, because why not, right? Why
2: not? Yeah,
3: yeah. and uh, yeah, that's it right now. And I actually just bought the SX70 already. So, oh, nice. nice. Yeah, I didn't. Not the gold one. Not the gold oh. one. Oh. I, wish, <laughs> I wish. I wish. Sorry, guys. <laughs> actually, I'll paint I just bought it gold bought and make it, yeah, it, right it right right <laughs> useless, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a regular a model 2 whatever whatever that means i don't know enough yeah. but uh
1: well i know you don't want to own a model 3 that one doesn't have it's not an slr it's basically the whole kit and caboodle of the sx70 but you can't focus it but yet it still gives you the option to focus it's such a
3: mm, yeah i know i knew i didn't want the sonar one
0: yeah mm-hmm. i have a sonar, I have a sonar I, too. it, it
3: Mm.
1: It's kind of hit or miss. It doesn't catch it all the time. I actually end up using it manually more than I mm-hmm. use the sonar on it. But I do have the Model 3 and it always bums me out because I, I, it was a Craigslist find. I didn't know what I was looking for. I just saw SX-70 for 75 bucks, and I was like, I'll take it. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think I got mine for pretty good too. 70 bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, why can't I focus this thing? And I was like, I don't get it. Like I thought it was supposed to. And I'm like looking at it, looking at it. And then I did some research and I was like, oh, this is the one you don't want to own Okay I oh, see yeah. that so, Did, did yeah, I ever that tell was...
2: you Timothy the, the prank that my dad pulled on me around my birthday
1: I know he found yeah, one for he Yeah he like found that. one
2: for me but he t- Told me he spent like 200 bucks on it
1: Oh
3: that's And I was funny. like
2: freaking out cause I was like Dad like what if it doesn't work And I wanted to be like grateful but I was like So worried that, that he spent that money And like didn't yeah. So he. it turned out it doesn't work But he, oh, okay. he only spent like Eleven dollars on it, or something like that. But nice, I, nice. So he, he was like, I mean, he got me, and he was cracking up about it. But I was like, because I wanted to be grateful, and and also like, Dad, I think you might have just blown two hundred bucks.
1: You need to send that thing to. Brooklyn I know. Film I'm camera, actually, you know, I was just it. thinking,
2: I'm flying into New York when I go back east for the holidays, and I might try and uh, meet up with Kyle and be like, can you help me?
1: <laughs> yeah. Because they're so, they're like the best cameras ever. Mm-hmm. I really love the SX seventy. It's like still to this day a mythical.
2: I know Mr. Landau did himself with these beauties. Absolutely, they're and just a uh, work of art in my opinion.
3: Mm-hmm. Hearing about the innards and how he came to everything, and he was so determined that it would go into someone's pocket. Like that's yeah. that's basically yeah. like how that design was built was around that idea it was like. I want to make sure this thing is portable. I mean, portable for the, you know, the era. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and you know, our pockets were much bigger back then, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they were. Oh, man.
2: Well, this has been great.
3: Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on here.
2: Yes. Thank you Definitely. for um, come on. We really appreciate uh, having you on and nerding out, basically.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was a good
2: follow-up after the dude. We appreciate it.
3: <laughs> it will be a hard act to follow.
2: <laughs> so where can everybody check your YouTube out? Your, do you have a website? Where, where's all your uh, socials?
3: Well, you can check me out at uh, youtube.com slash Knight. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Azrael Knight. And uh, I do have a website, Azrael.ca, but, uh, you know, it's sort of in a state of flux right now. You're probably going to learn a little bit about me on there, but you're just going to be directed to the other social media mm-hmm. f- uh, pretty much at this point. I have a teespring. I got a bunch of funky t-shirts that, oh, cool. uh, you know, like uh, I have a spoof of Trix, but it's Tri-X. Ooh. So it's like weird rabbit with a bowl of film. I got Darkroom Duck instead of Dark Darkwing Duck. You know all that kind of <laughs> so fun stuff. Good. So, yeah, yeah. So if you like the '80s, '90s references, that's all over my all over my merch. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I to speak. Get it. So uh, you could look that up at teespring.com and uh, the name of the store is Nightlight. So if you're interested in checking that out, oh, I got a Fuji a Velvia that looks like the Velveeta logo. That's a, that's <laughs> a, a fun one.
2: That's so, so good. Yes. <laughs> Timothy, what about you?
1: Guys, head over to Instagram. I guess I'll say Twitter. It's all at Timothy Makeups. Um, I do make film photography related YouTube videos. You can, the easiest way to find it is just go to the search bar, type in Timothy.makeups. There's a whole bunch of old, old 2017 stuff <laughs> over there for you to watch. But uh, yeah, that's it for me. Chris, where are you? So
2: I am Crispy Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, we have a... Twitter, Analog Talk Pod, Analog Talk podcast on Instagram, and a Facebook page and a group you can like, enjoy, and and share photos and hang out and all that stuff. That's it for us, Azrael. Thank you again.
3: Thank you. Stay classic. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. love it.
2: All right, guys, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye
1: first off we wanted to thank Azrael knight for being on the show what a great way to open season four guys oh man thanks again azriel and we also wanted to wish you guys a happy new year again and we cannot wait to bring season four to you guys get an awesome group of new guests coming up and just a bunch of fun stuff and don't forget if you head over to patreon.com slash analog talk, you can get the episodes two days early. We just wanted to start rolling that out for you guys and we'll definitely be posting those by noon. So just keep an eye out for that. Just for a dollar, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff over there that we have to offer, but yeah, we just wanted to let you know and we wanted to thank each and every one of you guys for your support. We appreciate every single one of you. It, it Really, from the bottom of our hearts, guys. Thanks so much. And thanks so much for making this show like so awesome. And you know, We appreciate you. So until next week, we'll have an all new guest. And yeah, Chris and I wanted to say thanks again. And we'll see you next week. Later.